Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. It is still the year of mercy. And even though it's May, we're about halfway through because you might remember we started uh, back with Advent of last year. And in our shows throughout the course of the year, we are talking about um, mercy and particularly the works of mercy. And we're continuing again with Catholic Charities and the great works of mercy that they do here in Western New York. And we're, we're going to kind of subhead this one under Visit the Sick, but there's so much more than that. And uh, uh, as we said on the other programs that we featured Catholic Charities during this year of mercy, um, they cover just about all of them in all of their forms. So um, uh, but that's what we're going to talk about today. You may have uh, read in the in fact they kicked off the appeal this year. Um, you might have, so you might have seen it in our Western New York Catholic or the Buffalo News TV radio uh, about the Catholic Charities Health Center on the West Side and a big um, portion of what they do there is um, providing health services for refugees who have come to the United States and, and are starting over. So that's going to be our topic today for the most part. Joining us is no stranger to the program, the CEO of Catholic Charities, Dennis Walzak. Dennis, welcome back to the program. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, now, the chief medical officer at the uh, Catholic Charities Health Center is James Collins, M.D., um, and I see that your actual title is chief medical officer of mobile primary care. So uh, welcome to the program. I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about what that is as we sure. go along. Okay. Uh, since you're new to the program, though, a little bit about yourself and your, your background. Well, I'm a, I'm a family doctor. I grew up in Tonawanda, okay. went to the University of Buffalo, I spent a few years in Syracuse, getting my medical degree, came back to the old Deaconess Hospital for my yeah. residency training, uh, worked uh, with health care plan for half my career, and then I left to my real calling, which is geriatrics, and then spent the last uh, half of my career in geriatrics, and now I'm starting a new new career uh, <laughs> uh, with refugee populations, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. Uh, Dennis, let's talk about the um, center on the West Side. Again, I mentioned people may have already seen or know something uh, about this. You, you kicked off the appeal this year yes. over at the the healthcare center. So tell us about this project. I understand this has kind of been something the Catholic Charities has wanted to do for a long time. It certainly is, and we are so um, <laughs> proud and grateful we were able to realize our dream uh, in our service to refugees, and that dream was to create a comprehensive services center located in the heart of the west side where about 90% of the people that we resettle uh, find um, either apartments or homes to live in. So to that end, in uh, 2011, uh, we uh, purchased the former Nativity Church, and it was the rectory, the school, um, and and the church itself, and again, wanted to set up a comprehensive service center for refugees. Um, we had the we had the school remodeled, and we now teach uh, in partnership with Buffalo Public Schools about 260 adult new arrivals, the English language. We also use the former rectory as offices and meeting rooms for our employees in the program. And the last phase um, that was completed in January of 
this year was converting the former church into a, a health care center. Um, and that's the center that Dr. Collins uh, works in. And then not only is it providing a needed service in a very accessible um, to uh, the people that we work with, the refugees that we resettle. Uh, but another piece that we're very proud of, um, when the, the building was designed and we built a building within the church, we tried to um, capture as much of the original um, uh, design um, and the ambiance of the church itself into the new construction. So the stained glass windows are built into the center. The marble columns are also part of the walls of the center, and the uh, wood floors have been refinished. So it is really quite a remarkable facility. And what a, what a, couldn't be a better repurposing of the mission? And I – Again, we're, we're talking specifically because of the newness of the healthcare center, and again, focusing on the, this notion of working with the sick as a work of mercy. But the health center is one component of an extensive amount of work that Catholic Charities does with refugees, right? Correct. And what are some of the other components that uh, that Catholic Charities does? Yeah, you mentioned in terms of education. I know that we've talked about that before on the program. We uh, will resettle about 650 um, individuals from uh, Africa, Asia, um, and parts of the world where there's ongoing conflict. And um, by the nature of its definition, a refugee is someone who is leaving a very awful situation in their homeland and uh, trying to go to a better life. So our work is um, involves meeting them at the airport when they're arriving, uh, establishing an apartment for them, uh, furnishing the apartment, cleaning it, providing three days' worth of food, um, getting them work, getting them on uh, public assistance, um, helping them find jobs or training programs. So it's very comprehensive, and the way we like to look at it is really working with our refugee individuals and families to help them establish roots in the city of Buffalo. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned the the west side. I mean, that's uh, um, known for actually historically in Buffalo. I mean, really a melting pot of cultures in, in the first place. Just uh, historically in our city, in many ways, this isn't new, right? I mean, Buffalo has always welcomed those from around the world, and people identify themselves with that. And I know I grew up in Warsaw, and you know, I was just from Warsaw. But when you, you know, when you yes. in Buffalo, people identify with their Heritage. We uh, have a reputation, I think, very well learned now across the world uh, as being a very refugee-friendly city and community. Uh, and even the the church that we, the former Nativity Church, back in the eight, late eighteen hundreds when it was built, was built by Irish immigrants who, at that time, uh, were populating the the northern part of the west side of Buffalo. So, um, and it changed over to a predominantly Italian population, and 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 now. We welcome in people sure. to that site from from all over the world. So yeah, you're very yeah, very, very much so. Um, I wanted to talk just a little bit more about the church because that can't be an easy task. You mentioned you kind of built a building inside of a building to accomplish the goals that you wanted to, but also to preserve some of the the beauty of the architecture. And, um, you know, in my years here at the diocese, I may have been in many of these older churches. And one of the difficult things is it's hard to repurpose them because of they were built for a highly specific purpose for worship, and you mentioned just the beauty of it and the art, which doesn't always translate to functionality, right? That's correct, and all credit uh, goes to our development team, and that's uh, McGuire Development and 
Manguso Architects and also R.P. Oak Hill Construction. Um, that team together along with uh, Catholic Charities um, uh, staff and also um, uh, medical staff from Mobile Primary in, in realizing this dream, and they deserve all the, the credit for that. And I, I'd like to mention, too, as part of Catholic Charities, uh, work. Um, we made a commitment as an organization several years ago, uh, as the diocese was going through the journey in faith and grace, that if we were opening up a new program or we were leaving a commercial lease, that we would first look to diocesan property, convents, rectories, schools, uh, to relocate our, our services. And, and we were involved in 20 projects um, across the diocese, primarily in Buffalo, where we, have, we are now providing services, whether it's mental health services, WIC services, food pantries, refugee services, and sites that were formerly convents, rectory schools, and now a church. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because you have had great success in – uh, doing that very thing. Dennis Walzak is the CEO at Catholic Charities here in Buffalo and Western New York. And also joining us is Dr. James Collins. And I, I wanted to ask you, doctor, about that space as well from your perspective because, I, I mean, again, a church is a difficult thing to repurpose anyway, but a medical facility has very specific design needs, right? It sure does. And, um, was it about it was two and a half years ago when uh, Dennis approached us, uh, Mobile Primary, and we provide home care services to the frail elderly. Okay. So we're basically there's no bricks and mortar in what we do, uh, but we met Dennis at the church, and I was just blown away. <laughs> it's such a it's a beautiful church, and I, I when when I go on on trips, I just go in the churches because I just love them, and. You won't find a, a church almost anywhere as pretty as that one was. It's this, this beautiful powder blue colors, the beautiful stained glass. It's just a wonderful place. And I went in there and I said, what a spiritual place to be able to provide medical care if we can do that. Yeah. And, uh, and Mancuso Architects and uh, McGuire Development did a beautiful job uh, converting the space. And it's wonderful to be in your exam room and have a stained glass window in the room with you. It's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, so you, you kind of hinted at it, and I mentioned we were going to talk about it, mobile primary care, which sounds kind of like the food truck of uh, <laughs> medical services. I, I don't mean to make light of it uh, because it's an essential kind of well, service. But I, I'm wondering how that translates to this uh, health care center well, now. Well, I think the translation is that we provide care to the underserved. And uh, what we have is our, our primary core of business is for people who can't get out of their house, yeah. mostly frail elderly individuals, but we also take care of younger individuals uh, with chronic medical problems that make it impossible for leave their home, to leave their home to go to the doctor without assistance or supervision. And that can be a real, real challenge for folks. So that's our primary core of business, but this population of refugees are very, very underserved. They've had huge, huge tragedies in their lives. And Dennis mentioned that people come from Africa, Asia, but we've had a few come from Europe as well, Eastern Europe, uh, with the problems that are going on over there. Um, and the the sad news is that uh, these are displaced persons. Um, we've seen families, and mom and dad may be born in one country. Their children have been born in camps. So these children have been raised in a camp, in a, in a concentration camp, 
for better or worse, all their lives. And they haven't had the opportunity to engage in community life the way we, we would think of it. Um, so not only do they come here with medical needs, but they come here with uh, low skill sets in terms of being able to make things happen. And that's the beauty of the campus with the, with the school and the, and the services provided by the caseworkers to get uh, folks integrated into our Buffalo community. And we're going to talk about some of those challenges as we continue of, of serving this refugee population here in Buffalo and western New York. We are talking about the uh, a new venture of Catholic Charities at the Catholic Charities Health Center on the west side in the, in the former Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary Church. Dr. James Collins uh, joins us as well as Dennis Walzak, CEO at Catholic Charities. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. I'm Father Duke Zajac. I work as the chaplain at Sisters Hospital and I I know that people are always looking for some good news, and a Catholic communication campaign helps spread good news on a daily basis through televised masses and other programs at Daybreak TV, through the Western New York Catholic newspaper and website, through radio programs and podcasts. I've seen their tremendous work firsthand, and I encourage you to be generous June 11th and 12th. The Catholic communication campaign really is how good news gets around. The Western New York Catholic is the official newspaper of the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. And now our website has been completely redesigned. Just visit WNYCatholic.org for all the latest news and information about what's happening in and around the eight counties of Western New York. The Western New York Catholic is still available on the first weekend of every month in your local parish, but now is more up-to-date than ever at WNYCatholic.org. That's WNYCatholic.org for the Western New York Catholic. Make your voice heard. There are thousands of Catholic New Yorkers who are working together for justice in our society, promoting the values important to our faith. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. For more information, call the Office of Pro-Life Activities of the Diocese of Buffalo at 716-847-2205 and visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. The May issue of the Western New York Catholic is now available in your local parish. You're listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly. I'm Greg Prince. I'm happy to be with you and happy to be uh, discussing in this year of mercy the great work of mercy of uh, working with the sick at Catholic Charities in particular. We're talking primarily about their new health center on the west side of Buffalo in the former Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary Church. And joining us is Dennis Walzak, the CEO of Catholic Charities, and James Collins, who is the chief medical officer of mobile primary care and uh, the main provider at uh, the, the, the site, the Healthcare center site for the refugee services. Um, of course, all of the information as we talk about Catholic Charities here, you can find on their website, ccwny.org, and uh, you can click on that and uh, you hear all about uh, this and the other great works that they do. Um, so the healthcare phase, Dennis, something that you've wanted to get into obviously a long time in terms of uh, servicing the uh, refugee population. I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what happened before, you know, in terms of health care w- with the folks that you've been serving so far? 
Uh, there's a, a requirement that within 30 days of arrival, every a new arrival has to have a comprehensive health assessment. This is required by the State Department yeah. of Health. Um, so consistent with our dream to create as much of a one-stop shop center right. um, as we could that would include as many services as we can, we are fortunate uh, enough to be um, working with Mobile Primary, who has been certified by the State Health Department to provide these health assessments. Prior to that, we used to go to um, uh, Mercy Comprehensive Care, which is about seven miles yeah, yeah. away from um, yeah. uh, our main uh, campus. And um, that was uh, oftentimes uh, with our case managers an all-day commitment, especially if a family was involved. So this is much more time-sensitive, efficient, uh, and a more effective way to provide that service. Um, in terms of transportation, how do people get to Many of them walk because they live in the neighborhood, so they'll walk um, right to the center. And and, uh, again, I'm a primary care physician, a family doctor. Uh, When Dennis approached us about doing the RHAs, he said, well, that's only a very small portion of what these resettling people need. They need primary health care. And building the uh, church on the campus where where they come every day. And uh, I saw a guy this morning, and what we've been – to facilitate for these folks is we have the medicine delivered to the clinic because it can be a challenge for them to get to the pharmacy and okay. figure that all out. And we, we can help them with how to take medicines in America. And uh, he says, well, I go to school. And we said, well, you're just across the street. You can walk over and get the medicine. He said, I don't have to wait. <laughs> no, we just give it to you when you come in. Oh, that's great. So we provide a walk-in service. And uh, I think the farthest somebody has had to walk is about a kilometer. They, they, they use the, uh, the metric system. Uh, but they, there's a, we're on a bus route, two bus routes actually, so they can come by bus. Uh, but they're an ambulatory population. They don't, they don't know about cars. They don't know about bikes. They just they know about walking. So I can buy. Which, you know, um, that I would think is one of the uh, uh, challenges you're facing, right, in terms of culturally where these – where, where the folks that you work with and that you're serving are at, um, uh, many, right, haven't had any kind of regular health care, right? They, they don't know. They don't know about regular health care. Most of the children have never had an immunization. If they have, um, Dennis mentioned the, the requirement of having the, the visit when they come over here. Um, they may be in a camp for 18 years, but six months before they come to America, they have a physical physical examination, where the immunizations start. So they could be 18 years old to get their first set of immunizations. And then they have another uh, visit two days before they leave to be sure they're fit to travel. And they come over here. So they don't know about regular care. Uh, Many of the people get their care in pharmacies. So they would go to a pharmacist and they would give them what they think the person needs. So getting, getting medical care is unusual. Uh, because of that, um, what they remember about care, we've tried to develop this in such a way that it becomes a, a walk-in ambulatory center. Um, because if somebody calls and says, I, I don't feel good, if you say, well, come in next Wednesday, if they're feeling better, they don't come in. Yeah. So we're trying to make this as walk-in as, as, as easily as possible so that they can just kind of come in when they don't feel good and – establish their primary care with us and uh, feel a part of it. Well, and I would think in some ways 
that's kind of a shot in the dark on two levels for you and your fellow providers, right? First of all, um, they probably don't have a good sense of, you know, they know maybe my stomach hurts or my leg hurts or, you know, I'm having trouble with my eyes, whatever the situation may be. But then you have an added situation of a language barrier a lot of the time, <laughs> right? So, I mean, uh, you're, you know, I would think folks like yourself and, and the other, you know, doctors, nurses, et cetera, that you work with are really going above and beyond in terms of the care provided. Uh, yeah, I have neglected to mention Dr. Elizabeth Harding, uh, who is my, my colleague and partner there. And she has done this work in the past uh, after she finished her training uh, working with an indigenous uh, uh, and a refugee population, so she's very familiar with these with these folks, and uh, she brings a, a wealth of experience uh, to this. Um, but a huge challenge is is the uh, language problem. Um, we um, I don't speak Somali, I don't speak Nepali, I don't speak. Uh, uh, Karan, Karani. I, there's a. I don't. I speak English, so we we've had to rely on initially anyway a phone translation services service, uh, which has been very expensive, and um, we have to pay for that ourselves uh, the, as medical providers. Um, and we just recently hired a, a Somali speaking man to work in the, cl- the clinic with us, and he's he's great because he has a nice uh, affable personality, and he has a nice way of being able to. Uh, relate to the Somalis that we've been working with, and uh, it's been really helpful. It's much it's much better to have a person in the room than to use a phone phone translator's interpreter uh, service. I would imagine, though, Dennis, this isn't the only time you run into that kind of an issue, right? With a lot of your programs, you're going to have that language barrier, and this, you know, even if even if you've got the language barrier covered, you're not always speaking the same language yes. in terms of what. The need is right. We face that in, um, uh, in just about everything we do. Unfortunately, we have a number of our employees in our program were once refugees, um, so we hired them, and many of them are multilingual. Yeah. So they speak, you know, more than two languages, and um, they're very helpful. However, um, sometimes there is a language that we need that isn't being spoken on staff, so we have to also reach out in the community and get an interpreter. Um, Anything else maybe that um, you've encountered, doctor, in terms of the carrier providing that maybe you didn't expect or was unique or that people might be surprised by? Well, there's, it's, it's two levels. Uh, one is that um, the people who come from Africa uh, all have had malaria. It's just, it's, you know, yeah. when I was a boy, everybody had chickenpox. You know, I mean, it's just something everybody, they, they don't even bat an eye. Oh, I had malaria, yeah. You know, you see, well, have you been sick? No. Have you ever been in a hospital? Uh, once. For what? Oh, malaria. <laughs> I mean, they don't, they don't even think of it as that. So we, we have to deal with that. Um, many of the children are malnourished. Um, there's a term that we use called body mass index. Um, it's a relationship between the uh, height and weight. Uh, if it's above 18, it's considered normal. Uh, I see very few children with a body mass index more than 18. Most of them are small. Um, they're, many of them are anemic. Uh, those are the kinds of problems they told us about. And th- they never had immunization, so we have to immunize yeah, them. Right. So that's the kind of the foundation. But they're people. So they come to us with all the problems any primary care office has, headaches, backaches, stomach aches, 
fevers, colds. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago I said we finally arrived. It feels like a primary care clinic now. <laughs> and, uh, and, sure. uh, and then, of course, people have complex problems, uh, hypertension, uh, uh, diabetes. Um, those, those issues are part of the population. But these people have been uh, victims of se- severe repressive states. Um, they have been tortured. They've seen torture. They've been living in these camps. And so they come to us uh, with post-traumatic stress. And some of it is readily apparent from the, from the very start. And sometimes it kind of bubbles through later on. So we are working with Catholic Charities uh, to help with that as well as some other agencies in town. Well, well that is kind of one thing I, I didn't want to let you go, Dennis, without it. Mentioning that, I mean, we're talking about um, under the auspice, I guess, of visit the sick and, and working with the sick. This is one component of how Catholic Charities does that, right? Right. There are other um, and 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 stressing the uh, visit piece. A number of our programs and services provide uh, intervention and help to people directly in their homes. And while it not, might not be physical. Uh, illness or health-related problems. We deal with a lot of, of emotional issues, a lot of trauma issues, um, a lot of um, issues um, that are inherent with the elderly. We have a um, outreach program, visitation program in Genesee in Orleans County that uh, visits uh, frail elderly on a regular basis. We have our multi-systemic therapy program that operates in Erie and Niagara County that works with families where a child is at risk of being pulled out of the home and being placed in an institution or a juvenile justice center or even jail. So we provide that service at home, and there's a lot of emotional issues. Uh, we respond to victims of domestic violence um, and abuse, and we, we do the visit at home. So uh, we do visit the sick um, in many different ways uh, across the eight counties of the diocese that we serve. Well, and as I mentioned, you cover just about all the works of mercy. Now, I Wait, know that— I want to say ahead. one thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Besides Dr. Harding's support, we are soon to be joined by uh, Baker Victory Services Dental Services. Uh, yes, so, I meant to mention that yeah, as well. And so I, thank you for bringing yeah, that up. Yeah, you know, we, we, being able to eat without pain is a, is a good thing. Yeah. And so uh, we're, we're going to have three uh, exam rooms uh, set aside for the dentists uh, to see people. And uh, they did a little uh, study last winter, and they couldn't believe the need for dental work in this population. And I don't. I don't know. Sometimes you look in their mouths and you wonder if they've ever seen a toothbrush. Yeah. So. And in many cases, probably not. Probably not. So yeah, yeah that's one of those challenges that we've been talking about. I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm. We're still in the the campaign. A few weeks left going into June. Here, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the benefit concert you have coming up for uh, the Forte Tenors at Kleinhands Music Hall at the. End of June, again, CCWNY, people can uh, find out all about that and the uh, uh, the things we've talked about today. But um, where are we doing? Last time they said we were around $10 million or so, right? So we're, we're about uh, 10, one, 10 two. so we're about a, still a little under a million short. And we'll be operating uh, full steam ahead until June 30th. Uh, where we we're very optimistic, um, we're going to meet the goal. And uh, but I would like to and thank you for giving us the opportunity to again put out uh, request if you haven't given yet, if you haven't pledged, um, please do so. There's a number of ways you can do it: um, giving through your uh, parish, responding to letters that we've sent you, or going online at ccwny. 
org. You can make a donation. Or buy a ticket to the concert. Buy a ticket to the concert. Time. All the money, right, going well, directly yes, to. We are fortunate to have yes, uh, two sponsors, companies yeah. underwrite the cost. So yeah, it'll be a fun evening. A very talented group of uh, vocalists. Well, well, as always, uh, you know, we encourage people to support Catholic Charities. And uh, we thank you for the excellent work that you do here in, in Western New York. And we wish you success with the end of the appeal as well. Dennis Wolzak is the CEO at Catholic Charities. And Dr. James Collins joined us as well, Chief Medical Officer of Mobile Primary Care. Thank you so much for all the good work you're doing there at that health clinic on the west side. Thank you for letting me get the message out. I'm Greg Prince. As always, you can find us at buffalodiocese.org. Actually, the uh, new wnycatholic.org, uh, the program, of course, you know, is called Western New York Catholic Weekly. And you can find our podcast at wnycatholic.org now as well. We'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. If you have a comment about this week's program or need more information about anything you hear on Western New York Catholic Weekly, call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. Our email address again is radio at buffalodiocese.org or call 847-8744. You can visit the Western New York Catholic and the Diocese of Buffalo online at buffalodiocese.org. And be sure to join Greg Prince again next week for Western New York Catholic Weekly.